You know what, Sam? What? It's time to play Armchair Coach. Yes, we are. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we are back with another episode of the Caniac Report. We hope you've had a good weekend. Uh, Sam, we had a good weekend. Um, I know that you posted a poll on Twitter of us going to see some movies. Well, there were big movies that came out this weekend. Barbie yes. and Oppenheimer. And uh, you said you wanted to just do a bit of a review. Don't don't spoil the audience, though, Sam. <laughs> because um, it all... just came out. All I'll say is we went to see the only movie that mattered this weekend, which was Oppenheimer. And you, you might piss the uh, ladies off by I just saying care. that. <laughs> I could care less. I could care less. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is probably the best movie of our generation. Outstanding film. Um, great acting. Uh, if it, it is just so powerful of a movie that seems to be the word i keep describing it as so if you have a chance to go see oppenheimer 100 recommend it is fantastic and if you're curious sam our poll results were 48 percent and almost half of our listeners out of 50 votes not a lot of people voted on this one so out of 50 just around 25 then voted for Oppenheimer and then the rest split between Barbie and then Barbenheimer, which is if you went and saw both. So if you want to be technical about it, more people did end up seeing Oppenheimer than Barbie. Yes, very true. So yeah, that was interesting. I thought that'd be fun to talk about. I mean, it's not hockey news, but it's just fun to talk about. Well, it's okay to talk a little bit about. Oh yeah. Life I mean, we've seen, we've seen Mike and Shane on the Canes cast over there talking about, Stuff not related to hockey. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's allowable. So uh, now we're going to get to the NHL news. For those that are new to listening to us, we like to go over NHL news and then delve into Kane's news and then delve into uh, the meat of the episode, which is what we're mainly going to talk about. Um, and, and that's kind of what Sam hinted on in the one-liner. Uh, we are going to be predicting the Canes lineup as of right now. Now, there's a lot of things holding up, obviously. So we're gonna we're we've done our best to kind of make a lineup with you're the rosters that we have now. You're telling me I can't put Connor McDavid on the hurricane? No, you cannot put Connor McDavid. <laughs> How about Austin Matthews? <laughs> no, not Austin Matthews right now. Are they hurricane players? Darn it. I yeah, wish they not. were hurricane players. <laughs> I can tell you're being a little bit facetious there. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing. So, Sam, let's go ahead and delve into NHL news. Uh, this player was actually signed last week, but I do want to get to him. Um, Gabriel Velarde uh, signs a two-year, $3.437 million contract. Sam, I think this is a contract that is good for both the player and the team. Uh, Velarde seems to finally um, showing some potential of why he got drafted high, highly in his draft. Yeah, I think it's a, a good deal. He's a good player. I think he's going to be better. 
Yes, he's going to be he's going to be with a new team with Winnipeg now from that uh Dubois trade. Uh yep. but he had 44 points, so he's improving every year. He's kind of a little bit like an Elias Lindholm, he's taking some time, but maybe if he's traded to another team, maybe he has that Elias Lindholm effect where he just blows up. Yes. So, I mean, that's what you got to hope too. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. think it's possible. So good for him. I think he'll be successful in that system. Yes, I I really do too. And, and it seems like just Winnipeg. I mean, they traded Dubois, which I think it was because they did it mostly for the player because he didn't want to sign with Winnipeg. But I mean, we're, we're we there's still some big players that I mean weren't they expected at this time to be traded in the likes of Hellebuck and Shifley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a it lot seems, of. It seems as though there's a lot of a lot of things out there right now that just haven't the the, the needle. You know, like the the it just hasn't the ball hasn't dropped yet on them, right? Carlson, Hellebuck, um, Shifley. Uh, I've heard Tarasenko. his have. Tarasenko hasn't signed. Kane hasn't signed. There's no nothing on Taves yet, whether he wants to play or retire. Um, hasn't signed anywhere yet. And I think the problem is some of these players are trying to be too greedy in an off season where that's just not going to work. Which is why they probably need to go for one year deals. If they want to get paid, probably going to have to be a one year deal with just the cap of being so crunched up with so many teams at yep. at the end of it. And then you have to deal with um. So not only I mean yeah I mean that's just reality. So. They need to recognize that, you know, you're not going to get your seven by eight that you might want. You might have to take a one by nine, right? You know, I mean, that's just an example, but you're going to have to take that one year deal until the cap goes up next year. And then you'll have a shot at getting your thing. And for players like Tarasenko, Matt Dumba, Patrick Kane, they need to be looking at these one year deals. I mean, Kane could play for the next three or four years. He's just that good. He just needs to stay healthy. So, I mean, if Kane and Tay and Tarasenko, I mean, you know, I don't think Tay is as much as looking for a payday, but, you know, if Tarasenko wants to get paid, he's got to wait till next season. And the smart thing for some of these players to do is you take a one year deal on teams that are poised to win a cup. Yes, exactly. So um, I think good for Velarde and Winnipeg. Again, a win for both teams. Uh, the next piece of news, Sam, uh, and this actually went into arbitration and that is Samsonov um, is going to be signed with Toronto for one year. Obviously um, yep. I don't think that's surprising. Uh, the uh, million might be a little bit, but not much. I don't think. And that's $3.55 million contract arbitrator mainly uh, just split kind of uh, met in the middle between what Toronto wanted to give him, which was like $2.4 million. Samsonov obviously wanted like 4.9. Yeah, I think the deal works for both teams. It gives him an opportunity to go back and have a really great season. And if he does, and he doesn't want to stay in Toronto, he can say peace out. And maybe we can sign him. No, <laughs> no, no. He had a pretty good season last season with Toronto. I don't care. I don't want another Toronto reject goaltender. We'll stick with Anderson. That's all we need right now. <laughs> I guess Anderson and Samsonov might be a little bit too much for uh, certain people. <laughs> I mean, 
We had McElhaney. Now we have Anderson. I don't want to then have Samson. It's three Toronto goaltenders we've had. Let's just stick with Anderson and plus Kachetkov's coming up. I don't think Samsonov's the guy we need. Yeah, I think there's an argument to be made there. Um, so yeah, that's that went to arbitration, and uh, Sam obviously arbitration can get nasty. Uh, do you think Samsonov's probably going to leave Toronto after that one year? He's going to be a they, UFA unless they give him something big. Yeah, he won't be staying there, and most of the time that's how that works. So. Yeah, um, I agree with you on that as well. And uh, the next player to me, Sam, uh, I want to talk quite a bit on this player. Uh, Vince Sun signs a four-year, $7.35 million contract. Sam, I think that is overpayment. It's overpayment, and it should scare the crap out of you if you're a um, Hurricanes fan, because that's going to be the kind of money that Pesci's wanting. Um, Yes, true. Now, um, obviously, here's... The question because Vince Dunn he plays the exact same position as Pesci does, so there is going to be a lot of comparables there. Um, the question here does this signing help or hurt the negotiations between Pesci and the Hurricanes? Now, here's what's interesting Sam Vince Dunn had a career year, he hit over 60 points. Yeah, in a way that could help Carolina sign Pesci due to the fact that, hey, you didn't hit hardly, not even near 60 points than Dunn did, and he got around $7 million. Why should we pay you that? Because they could have that mindset. I think that's possible, but I don't know if Pesci's going to view it that way. He's probably going to argue, I don't bring the offense, but I'm a shutdown guy. So what he doesn't do, I do better, so I should get that kind of money. I think Pesci's probably asking somewhere in the sevens. I think Carolina probably wants to pay him in the sixes. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to find that happy middle. Well, true, but it, it really oh. seems like, I mean, you look at the signings of like, I mean, I think, I think of Dougie Hamilton as an example. And obviously like players like Kel McCarr, even a little bit of Quinn Hughes from Vancouver. It seems like a lot of these defensemen, they're mostly getting paid for their offense, even though I do think defense is accounted for. Like that yeah. $5 million contract for Slavin, I mean, I think that is a great deal, but all of that is because of him being very good defensively. Yeah, right. I mean, Slavin's going to make about 7 or 8 when we re-sign him. Um, if he takes less than that, it's because he doesn't want to go anywhere else. But I don't know. We'll see what happens with Patchy. Um, I'm kind of with the mindset. I think he's already gone. It's just a matter of to where. Yeah. Oh, I I agree with you too. It's just interesting. And it happy. Seems... Uh, and happy. Uh, congrats to to him for getting married this weekend too. So. Yes. Very good point. Um, happy that he got. Uh, Married, congrats to him and his family, because I know his father, I think Brian Pesci, he uh, is very vocal on Twitter, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm happy for them. And you know what? They didn't get he didn't get traded on his yeah, wedding yeah. day. Jordan Stahl's probably <laughs> like, be thankful, be thankful. Yeah, 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 yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so that's a little bit funny right there. But yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting with that contract of Vince Dunn and how that affects Pesci and the Hurricanes negotiations. So even though there weren't really any Canes news, Sam, um, yeah. I do want to come up with a question 
of the fact that with everything kind of on hold, how long do you think this keeps up? Because there's so many things on actual hold right now. Uh, Canes could still sign Tarasenko. They could still move on from Brett Beshi. They haven't yet. Uh, yep. They could still acquire uh, Eric Carlson, even though that thought of Eric Carlson becoming a Hurricanes player, I, I'm not really a fan of, but <laughs> it's, it, it, I mean, everything is just on hold. I think it's a matter. Do you think this is a matter of when and not if? Um, I, I think some of it's a matter of when, not if. Carolina is going to use all of their cap space. They've done that the last several seasons. But they so, didn't. They didn't at the trade deadline last year. Deadline, I view that as different, and that was also cap space they weren't planning on having. Um, so I think there's something else in the works. I just don't know, and I don't know what, the, and I don't know what it is. I think there's a number one priority that Carolina is working to make happen. I just don't know if that's Tarasenko, if that's Carlson, if that's Pesci, but I think. If I am to guess, it's Carlson. Carlson's number one priority. That is going to be my assumption. That if if Carlson gets moved, whether to Carolina or to Pittsburgh, Toronto, Seattle, wherever he goes, right? I think once Carlson's moved, I think that stops the logjam. Yes, I, I I do agree with that. It seems like Carolina is very persistent in Eric Carlson, which I mean. I know you. I, I know your opinions on him being. I mean, you, you'd like to have him as a Hurricanes player, but it depends on what you're giving up, right? Yeah, that's kind of where I look at it. I mean, I think he's. I mean, obviously, he's going to benefit the team. Um, Definitely but, offensively, which I agree. Which is what we need. Um, but I, I tend to view it's going to be better for us to go for Tarasenko. Uh, yes, um, I agree. I think that's the easier path, path of least resistance, is if you move Pesci or Terrapine in for futures, then you'll have your cap space to do whatever you need to to get Tarasenko and make that happen. Because I think, for for example, if they move Terrapine and Terrapine is making 5.4 plus our cap space of 2.58. So, I mean, that's seven, almost eight million. So there, you know, you get most of that to Terrasenko on a one-year deal. You move on. And if you want to keep Pesci for a season or work on an extension, you can maybe buy you some time. But um, I think, in my opinion, the thing, the two things that you need to do this offseason, at this point that you have to for the sake of the locker room, is you need to make a decision on Brett Pesci. Yes. Because of how this has gone and how this has worked, you can't just let him sit in that locker room knowing that he is very much so obviously on the trade block. Um, and there that, have been that, multiple chances. Yeah, that happened with I, Jack Eichel. Yep, and I'm worried that that's going to become the problem in the locker room. And then, too, you need to sign Sebastian Ajo. That needs to be done before opening night. You might be able to put Pesci on hold a little bit, but you need to make sure Ajo is signed by opening night. They keep saying it's close. Well, that needs to happen now. I mean, I don't know what the holdup is. You, either you sign him or you trade him, but you can't go to opening night with him not having an extension ready to go for the following um, rest of his, basically the rest of his career. So yes, that needs to be done. I, and I'm sure fans are probably getting um, a little bit impatient with the the Ajo thing because, I mean, it was brought up before that he was going to sign on July 1st. 
Um, heck, it was even brought up not even dealing with Ajo, but that the fact that we would get Tony D'Angelo on yeah. the day of the year, that doesn't come up. It, it, it seems like Carolina's going back and forth a lot on stuff, which is, yeah. to me, a little bit odd. And so, frustrating, too, I think, as a fan. So I think that can show maybe Carolina's in on some things. I mean, there's a couple other players. The, the, the team that's in the big, the similar, most similar situation as us is Toronto, right? They're, they're two, their best players up in a year. Unfortunately for them, though, Austin Matthews, I think, is in a, is in a much more uh, demanding position, right? He's going to become a UFA, but he also, has a 50, I think he has a, a modified no trade clause. Or it might yeah. even be a full no trade clause. I'm not sure, but there is a no trade clause worked into his contract. So Austin Matthews can be like, I am not going anywhere. So you know, until next season, and then I'm going to either get what I want from you or hit the market. Sebastian Ajo, I don't know if he's got that no trade clause that's kicked in. Not sure, but um, I think you need to you 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 have to make a decision on Ajo. If it is to sign him, that needs to be done this season. If it's to move him, you got to make that done. I really think the likelihood of him getting moved is low, but you can't let him walk next year. If you do that, then what are you doing? Oh, yeah, trust me. I completely agree. Um, but yeah, that's going to be interesting. Again, Sam, we're just waiting day by day to see if something's going to crack or something's finally going to fall. It's 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 taking them a while for sure. Uh, so we're going now. We're going to be um, armchair GMs here. Do you predict or our armchair coaches? My bad, coaches. We were already we were already armchair GMs earlier. Yeah, we were. Yeah, yes, we were. So we'll be armchair coaches here in just a little bit. But before we do, let's get to our sponsor. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpmai.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Okay, Sam. So 
armchair co- coaches uh let's say all of this stuff that is on hold all of it falls through and this is our roster mm. so obviously let's let's start with i think probably the easiest part which is goaltending i think yeah. you know that's pretty obvious so sam i'm sure you you have three goalies um which is anderson ronta and kachekov um my on my side, I have those three goalies. So I, I think have, it's the both. So I'm actually a little bit. I have Anderson, Kachetkov, and Ranta. I think Kachetkov is going to be your number two. I could, I, I could see him being number two. I have him as the third because I think um, they think Ranta is probably a little bit better right now. But that could I, honestly, I think. Hurricane fans will be very happy if that changes because that means Kachekov is getting better. So the reason I say Kachekov's number two is this team has proven if you if you're getting paid the monies you're going to play, and Kachetkov makes more than Ranta. So I think Kachetkov is going to be number two, um, and Anderson's your number one guy, and then we'll just go from there. Um, but Auntie Ranta serviceable, but I think they're going to rotate all three. I don't think Kachetkov is going to be sent down to any kind of minors. I think that is because this team has put themselves in a position where they don't have a minor league team. So I think that's an unfortunate situation there. But you can't just send Kachetkov down to some random team where they're probably not going to start him because they're going to want to develop their other goaltenders in their system, right? So Kachetkov is going exactly. to stay on the roster. We're going to carry three goalies. I don't like that at all, by the way. I don't, I don't, I don't. You should have chosen Anderson or Ronta. I think Kachetkov's your backup. And you have some guy that's floating around out there, some veteran that can come in if you need someone. So I, I, I see why they did it, and I kind of like it because I, I still think Kachetkov needs improvement, and I need, I think he needs some competition in order to get get a spot on the case. But if you're Kachetkov, aren't you pissed off? A little bit. I will admit, I'd probably be a, a little bit mad, but I mean, he was there was a stretch where he was really good, and there was kind of a bit of a shorter stretch where he just was letting everything go in last season. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, we'll see. But I think either way, Carolina has three starting goaltenders. I view them as three starting goalies, so I think we're going to be okay. I do too. Now, defense, this can be a little bit interesting because I think you could – have an argument for pretty much all these defensemen to play with a lot of different of different pairs. Um, but um, in terms of D Sam, I have Slavin with Burns, Shea with Pesci and Orlov with Chatfield making Dylan Coglin your number seven. I don't know what I don't like having Coglin as my number seven defenseman, but no, they I mean, might sign D'Angelo still. D'Angelo could get a contract, and then you're in a better situation. Um, but I have Slavin, Burns, Orlov, and Pesci, and Chatfield and Shea. I can't, I can't justify paying Orlov nearly eight million and not playing him in your top four. Uh, yes, that's to me when I was making the uh, D pairs that did come up in my mind of being like. Um, I could see Orlov really playing in that top four because of, of the amount of money he's getting paid. And looking at this way, something I didn't think about before, right? Brent Burns is up in two years. He, he Basically, he's going to retire in two years. Um, 
I can, you know, you could view Orlov as that replacement. So Orlov could even play in the top pair if Burns starts to slow down this season. Yeah, possibly uh, for those two years. And obviously, uh, we there, we do have a prospect that seems like he's already a top four defenseman in the NHL once he gets in, and that's Nikishkin. And uh, his contract in Russia is going to expire in two years. So that's why we have a couple of defensemen who are on two-year deals. Yeah, we got Burns, Orlov, and Slavin, but Slavin will stay. And it's Bur- I can see Orlov, Slavin staying, but your replacement for Burns is going to be Exactly. And honestly, I can't wait to see that guy play. I have seen so- a lot of highlights of him. I'm telling you, he... He really looks like he's a he can be an impactful player in the NHL right away from just how I've seen him. It's probably going to be Slavin, Nishkishin, Orlov, and Morrow, and then Chatfield and whoever we have down at that bottom pair. Maybe it's still Shea. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you never know. And obviously, I mean, we do have a management team, Sam, that does like to – look at this team um in a long-term type of way too so um, i could definitely see them envisioning that um so now the forward sam i think this is when things can get really interesting let's um, do it line by line so you'll do your first you'll do your do your fourth line then i'll do my four, or do your healthy extra then i'll do my healthy extra unless you have two healthy extras um, so I have an elf healthy extra in Brandon Lemieux. Yep, that's mine. Um, because I just think the players above him are just better overall. Um, Lemieux, I, I kind of think of him, he's mainly there to agitate the other team. We haven't probably had a guy like him since Kevin Westgarth. You know, yeah. Kevin Westgarth was probably a lot more physical than Lemieux is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Lemieux's got more skill than Westgarth. Yes, true. Uh, so he's my healthy extra. And then I'll just go ahead and list my fourth line. Then you can do your healthy extra. And uh, well, my healthy extras, my healthy extra is the same as yours. Yeah, okay. Uh, so fourth line for me is Tara Vinan, Drury, and Nason. Okay. My fourth line is Martinuk, Stahl, and Faust. Um, I, I just I don't want to see them playing third line minutes this season. I just I don't. But I'll tell you right now, and you kind of you and I kind of just said this off camera before, or you know, off recording before we started. I don't like our centers very much right now. Um, I'm not happy once you get into that bottom six, which is why I have a surprise. <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, that's that's actually very interesting. So, uh, so that's your fourth line. I actually had that line, Sam, as my third line because we know how good they can be. I think they're probably, uh, when they're at their game, I think they are the best defensive line in the NHL, and they hardly have the puck in their own zone. They're always in the offensive zone. So that's why I have them in my third line because, honestly, I mean, Teravine and Drury Nason, that could be good, but we already know how good the stall line can be. That's why I have so, them as their third. I have them as my fourth because I because the kind of similar reasons is I want them to be the shutdown line, maybe take advantage of some other teams' fourth lines, and I wanted my top three lines to be top three scoring lines, which is why I have my surprise on the third line. 
So I have Teravinen and Nason centered by Ryan Suzuki. And I have Ryan Suzuki there because I believe he has more upside than Jack Drury. And Jack Drury, to me, is just an eyesore sitting on my, on my third or fourth line. I like Jack Drury. I really do. But I did not think he was very good down the stretch in Carolina this last season. And the news has come out that he's asked for a trade. I don't want him on my roster. He doesn't want to play here. I don't want him on my roster. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree on uh, Jack Drury. Um, I to me, I didn't think he was terrible, but I just thought he, he to me he was a player that looked just fine. He was yeah. fine. Uh, there wasn't to me any huge flaws in his game, but there wasn't anything that made me think, "Oh, this guy's incredible." So that's why I put Suzuki in there, though. For me, it's what I look at Suzuki. I look at him as your a top. He was a top prospect. You drafted him in the first round. Um. And I just view Suzuki as a guy who can, he had a really good season in the American hockey league this last year. He was hurt for some of it, but when he got back, he just, he lit it up. And I think you have to get to a point where you're willing to give him a shot. And I think Carolina is structured and I think they're going to be structured this way where they have three scoring lines and a shutdown line, right? That's what they should have. So why not put Brian Suzuki, a guy who has a little bit more offensive talent than Jack Drury. I don't know. There's a lot of people out there who love Jack Drury. Don't get me wrong. I like him too, but I'm sorry. But when I'm just looking at the roster, Jack Drury is the biggest eyesore on the roster right now. But I think it's because Carolina's center depth isn't very good. And I, and I think it might be better if you were, if you were willing to consider maybe letting KK be your, you know, third line center and giving Natchez the center role. But the reason I didn't make Natchez my second line center is because I know Rod's not going to give him a shot at center. And that's become pretty clear. Yeah. I, I, I did not give Natchez a center role because I know how I, you and I kind of already know how Rod is going to be with uh, how he plays Natchez. So um, to me, my second line is going to be Andre Svechnikov, it's Barry Cockney and Martin Natchez. Uh, Sam, we already saw this line before last season. They were great. great. Yep. They were amazing. Yep. That's why they're my second line, too. I didn't do anything different than you. I think Svetch provides that grit and offensive um, ability to also create time and space. He's a guy who can score. KK, he played really well down the stretch. The playoffs, I think, were a little bit different, but he wasn't horrific in the playoffs, but you needed more. But I think down the stretch in the regular season, he really became a second line center for the Carolina Hurricanes. And Marty Natchez was just had a career season. He led the team in points, I believe, or he was number two. It was very close between him and Aho. Um, and also that, with Natchez, too, I mean, at, he, the reason why he was putting up a lot of those points was because he was playing on the same line with Fetch. You yep. just need to hope that this line stays healthy. Yes, and but this is also why I'm not thrilled with KK being that second line center. I think he's but, fine. I think he yeah. can do it. Don't don't. I don't, think he don't. can do it too. I don't want it to be thought that I don't think he can. However, I think if you got that other center, you're not in a position where you need to have Ryan Suzuki as your third line center, and you can have someone an NHL player as your third line center. Again, the reason I put Suzuki there is it's time to give him a shot. Now, look, do I think this is going to happen? I really don't know. I feel as though Jack Drury has the in, but I also don't think Jack Drury wants to be here. 
And I think Ryan Suzuki is going to have something to prove at training camp. So if Suzuki comes in the training camp and lights it up and plays outstanding, he's going to do what Seth Jarvis did a couple years ago. Give, make it really, really hard for this team to send him down. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he just needs to stay healthy. That's the biggest thing with Ryan Suzuki. But we will get to a few prospects here after we cover our lineup. Uh, to me, my first line, Sam, is Bunting, Ajo, and Jarvis. That's my first line, too. Bunting is going to create time and space for Jarvis and Ajo, as well as score some goals because he's going to get into the dirty areas. Yes, definitely. And uh, one thing I do want to say, too, before we get to the prospects and end it, um, I think on that second line, I think you actually have two physical guys because I think KK, uh, he's not afraid to get physical. I think that's fair. So I th- I think that's a line that can be very physical, but very skillful too. And I love that type of lo- second line. So uh, prospects, Sam, you already talked about Ryan Suzuki. Um, there are other prospects to me. Two, two others I could get in, and that's Vasily Panamarev, who had um, 24 goals, 22 assists, 46 points in 64 games, and Jamison Reese, who uh, I think a compar- comparable to him is Brock McGinn type of player, from what I've heard, and, yep. the, and he had uh, 14 goals, 28 assists, 42 points in 65 games. How many points did um, Suzuki have for me again? And how many games? Because I know it was... 32 points in 50 games. 13 goals and 19 assists. Which isn't bad. He played a short and Yeah, season. that's not bad. It, he just needs to stay healthy. Because he has so, that eye problem. Which is why I think I give him a shot this season. And I give him a hard, long look in training camp. I, I don't send him down until the very end, and that's if I have to. Yeah. I just, hey, you just think... Pick. Got him a shot. Got to give him a shot when he's a top player like that. Yeah, hey, just just think if he somehow turns into his brother. Look, if he can become, <laughs> if he can be, if he can be half as good as Nick Suzuki, I'll take it. However, I honestly think if Suzuki doesn't end up finishing well here, um, I don't expect them to qualify him next year, and he'll probably end up in Montreal. I could see him trying to play with his brother. Maybe that's jump starts him. But I, I really want to see you. I think I've been saying this for the last couple of years, and I think you know that. I really want Suzuki to get a shot in Carolina. Yeah. And uh, another thing, too, with Suzuki, Sam, is that he's played with Fetch before because they were both on the same junior team with the uh, Barry Colts. Uh, Give him a shot. Give him so a shot. Yeah. And I mean, look, he would be playing with Nason and Teravinen. Teravinen's a bad, that's a good player to play with. Again, that's all assuming this lineup doesn't stay, you know, doesn't change. I think Carolina could still maybe make a move. What I think they should do is, as much as I would love Carlson, you know I love Carlson, is why can't you turn Pesci into another center? Exactly. Because I think you look, you look, I mean, you look at this team, I think it kind of puts Brynmore in a position a little bit to experiment a little bit at the center spot. Maybe he, Gives a second chance um, to maybe Natchez to play. Maybe that's what they're thinking, and we don't know. I mean, in that case, you you have some options of players. You know, maybe at that point you don't plan on Suzuki. Maybe the plan is Natchez is going to center your second line, KK your third, Stall your fourth, or KK your fourth, however Broad likes to do it. And Lemieux is going to be your, you know, that player that slots in. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. 
in this regard. But right now, I know Rod's not really played Natchez as a center. So I think right now your weakest position is center. Your biggest need is offense. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, the, those are our thoughts of the opening night roster. If all this stuff, trade rumors fall through, uh, we hope you guys enjoy it, and we will see you guys for the next episode. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time. <laughs>